Hello and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized informative podcast that's aimed to be listened to in the shower, but really you can listen to it anywhere at all. The whole point of our little podcast is to take those questions that have been in the back of your mind since forever and answer them in the only way we know how. In the shower. Thus far, listeners have sent in their questions and we've answered them. Questions like... Do plants have feelings? Why do we never see baby pigeons? Do mice actually like cheese that much? And loads, loads more. I suppose you could say... We expand your mind while you wash your behind. And before we get stuck into this week's question, as with the last three weeks, we have teamed up with the amazing people at Cadbury Twirl and they are getting their fans to submit our questions. We're trying to solve the biggest question of all. What makes a Cadbury twirl so twirly? Right, I have a theory. Okay, go first. The other day I was eating salsa. Not with a twirl, but I was eating salsa. And salsa is also a dance, right? So salsa. I was thinking, food, dance. What if, when you crack open a twirl, you're actually disturbing, like, a chocolate rave inside that beautiful chocolate case on the outside? And all the chocolate's actually dancing, and that was what makes it all all twirly and wavy and furly and, and burly and squirly. The dancing chocolate. I think it's dancing chocolate. Okay, good theory. I'll have a better one next week. We'll see. Okay, this week's question, Marcus. This week's question, sent in by a Cadbury Twirl fan, is a really good one. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, this is going to be good. Blub, 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 blub. They've asked us... Blub, 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 blub. Do fish get thirsty? So, this week's question, as I said, sent in by a Cadbury Twirl fan, properly had me scratching my head as soon as I read it. Me too. Do fish get thirsty is such a big one. Like, all I'm thinking of is Nemo here. I know, like, but also, (laughs) like, asking if fish get thirsty is like asking if birds get scared of heights. (gasps) That's an equally amazing question. Imagine being a majestic eagle. Soaring. Caw, caw! Soaring yeah. And suddenly you realise you're 15,000 feet in the air and you have a panic attack. I mean, that that's probably quite a bit to do with like the Irish mentality. Like as soon as you start doing well, you just panic and freak out. <laughs> but you know what? We might look into that in another episode, like eagle anxiety and the avian fear of heights. Although that does sound like a blind boy episode. <laughs> <laughs> but right now we have to answer a twirly thought. Do you think that fish get thirsty does? Well, like, wouldn't you get thirsty if you were surrounded by water all the time? Or maybe you just need to go to the toilet all the time. I think that if I was surrounded by water all the time, I I probably wouldn't be too thirsty. Because I would probably drown. (laughs) Fair point. You see, do you know what? Like, I thought when we got sent this question that it was a bit of an open and shut episode. I didn't think there'd be too much in it. Um, First off, fish, as we said, um, are always surrounded by water. So obviously they're not going to get like thirsty. That was my first thought because, you know. They get like, it's like, you know, you get thirsty when you're too far away from water that you can't have it. Exactly. So, and then the second point is like, we look at thirst from the perspective of like being a mammal, being, you know, a, a kind of a, a, a human. Fish are amphibians. So it's like a different ball game for them. We experience thirst as a subconscious effect relating to fluid and mineral balance in our own bodies. I mean, that's kind of a, a scientific definition yeah, yeah, of what yeah. thirst is. So when our, our hydration levels or our water levels drop below a certain point, um, our salt levels can get very high. That's when our brain actually signals thirst. So applying that concept to a fish doesn't really work. So let's not look right now at whether fish get thirsty, but whether they need to drink at all. Ah, yes, yes. So 
The phrase drinking like a fish is going to take a very different meaning if we debunk it. I know. I mean, like, do you know, if, if like, I was drinking like a fish, as in I was suspended in an aqueous solution so I had no need to drink at all and thus I am not hungover, becomes the new definition of the phrase, <laughs> then, like, I, I feel like we could have an impact on society as a whole. <laughs> so so do, do fish drink? Some of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, the party fish. No. <laughs> yeah, no, it lar- actually, it largely comes down to the type of environment that the fish lives in. So if the fish is in a party house. Yeah, so if they live in like a student gaff or whether they're like, you know, in a, in a holistic yoga studio. <laughs> so obviously fresh or salt water. Bingo, you And does got it make a it. difference if it's warm or cold? Um, I don't think so. Okay. No, okay. so um, it is basically comes down to fresh or salt water. So okay. earlier I, I mentioned that thirst isn't always about dehydration. But it can also be about a body's reaction to mineral levels being too high or too low. And obviously, when you have a split between fresh water and salt water, that's going to affect those levels fairly drastically. Um, so, Taz, we've talked about it a few times, but do you remember the definition of osmosis? Ooh, yeah, we've talked about it a few times in the show. We talked about it in the episode of why do our fingers get exactly. wrinkly. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's along the lines of, it's kind of like a process by which molecules of a solvent tend to pass through a semi-permeable membrane from an area of less concentration to an area of more concentration. You are good at this. Oh, listen. Listen, leaving cert Got to be in chemistry in my leaving cert, Marcus. Like, just now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you nailed it there. So basically, if you have an area of fresh water and an area of saltier water separated by a semi-permeable membrane, the fresh water will always flow into the saltier water until they are exactly the same. <gasps> I think I kind of understand what's going on, but... How does this apply to our fishy friends? Well, freshwater fish have it real easy. Um, Because the environment that they live in has very low salinity, freshwater kind of just flows in and out of their gills. And they extract oxygen by doing that. They don't actively swallow or gulp down water. I mean, they swallow a little bit of water when when they eat something or when they, you know, rummage through a bit of dirt, but they're not gulping it down. They kind of just do their little fishy thing and their gills do the work for them. So, so that, that it, the water literally just comes in and out? Of their of gills, them. yeah. Well, obviously, they're in yeah. water. They, uh, they, yeah, so they don't get thirsty. Okay, and what about what about salt? Surely they need some sort of a salt to survive. We all need salt, don't we? Yeah, and vinegar if you're lucky on a nice piece of fish. <laughs> um, Marcus, fish are friends, not food. I don't know, sometimes I get a little bit fish confused. Fish are friends, not food. Fish are food. No, oh, God. <gasps> Marcus. <laughs> Um, No, but as you said, yeah, like uh, most living creatures do need some kind of salt for muscle function and all that kind of stuff. And freshwater fish have enzymes and uh, specific kinds of cells that control the flow of salt and dissolve minerals like potassium from freshwater, keeping it in the fish. So basically, uh, the gills will eke out all the minerals that they need. Oh, that's pretty cool. So so we can say that freshwater fish... Do not get thirsty. Freshwater fish are the the pioneers of the fish world. They took a pledge to not drink and they are sticking to it. Do you know what? What? Maybe that's why fish don't get wrinkly. Because think of when you're dehydrated. You know what I mean? Like, when you're... (laughs) (laughs) I'm enjoying... I just want to see where you got this. No, okay. So think of like a grape. You dehydrate it and it turns into a raisin. Yeah. When you dehydrate things, they become wrinkly. Yeah. So maybe that's why fish never get wrinkly and they look useful forever. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like, I honestly never thought that we'd be doing a podcast about fish wrinkles. <laughs> fish wrinkles would be a good name for a band. But no, like honestly, like maybe that is why fish have some kind of eternal youth. <laughs> but um, as I said, to kind of bring it back, freshwater fish, 
they're saltier than their environment, so they're good. Water just kind of goes into them, um, so they don't really drink. Um, saltwater fish, as you can probably guess, have the opposite problem. Of, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So because the concentration of salt is much higher outside of their bodies in the environment that they're swimming around in compared to inside, literally every time water passes over their gills, water is actually getting drawn out of them. Yeah. How? How? So basically, yeah, like, like because osmosis is always trying to like balance salinity levels. Yeah. Um, water is getting drawn out of the less salty fish to try and increase the salt in the fish. It's just the way the water moves through a membrane. Oh wow! Yeah. Cool. So what they have to do is actually constantly gulp down water to keep that balance. But the water that they're drinking is salty. Surely that's just more of the same, no? Well, the thing is, fish are actually really well adapted to survive in the environments that they live in. Most of the salt gets filtered out really quickly by the fish's kidneys, and they also have similar enzymes. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Fish have kidneys? Fish have kidneys. No. Yeah. They must be tiny. Tiny. Tiny little fish kidneys. Mm-hmm. Sorry, so, yep. Yeah, they get filtered out through the kidneys, and they also have enzymes similar to the freshwater fish, but in reverse. So instead of like the enzymes in a freshwater fish, which keep salt in the fish... So, like, as the water passes through, it takes out the molecules that it needs. The the enzymes that they have basically push the salt out. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fish, in the end of it, aren't that dissimilar to humans. Because they get thirsty? No. They're just trying to strike a good balance and not end up too salty. Eh. Eh. <laughs> so, to kind of finish up and answer this twirly thought, freshwater fish don't get thirsty. But saltwater fish do. So next time someone says you're drinking like a fish, make sure you know which one, just so you can put them right. What fish would you be, Marcus? Oh. You're definitely a dory. An, an angelfish. You're definitely a dory. A, a flying fish. You're a dory. A shark. Dory. Fish are food. Friends, not food. <laughs> Well, there you have it, guys. Freshwater fish don't get thirsty and saltwater fish do get thirsty. So next time you're in an aquarium or a zoo with fish in it, or you're just looking at your fish tank at home and you're seeing a little fish just blub, blub, blubbing away, you know the truth. That is so interesting. That is a fact I'm going to use from now on. There you go. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of In the Shower with Taz and Marcus. If you like what you hear then good news we have over 50 episodes for you to binge listen to if you listen to all 53 episodes you will be a more interesting dinner party guest think of the amount of random and amazing facts that you could learn and who doesn't love learning we'll send you a prize and that prize is knowledge (laughs) (laughs) if you want to get in touch with us at in the shower we would love so much to hear from you even if you just want to say hello that you liked an episode or if you have a question that you would like us to debunk please 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 do get in touch with us you can send your questions or comments to in the shower podcast at gmail.com or if you want to get us on facebook just look up in the shower with taz and marcus or if you're on twitter it's at in the shower pod 
podcast spread through word of mouth lovely lovely listeners so please do recommend this podcast to any of your friends or family members that you think may enjoy it we've got a couple of thank yous first of all thank you to Cadbury Twirl um, for sending us in twirly thoughts submitted by Cadbury Twirl fans we've had some incredible questions and some incredible chocolate bars <laughs> next up thank you so much to Alan and Paddy and all the crew in the Headstuff podcast studio we couldn't do it without you guys big thank you to the wonderful Flo Robinson for doing our artwork Next up, Dave Gertzman for our amazing theme music. Dave, you is massive, man. Next week's question, Marcus. Next week's question is another twirly thought submitted by Cadbury. Also, I'm really eager to hear your theory about what makes a twirl so twirly. I've got I've got one brewing in the back of my brain that I'm going to work on this week. I'm going to make sure it is very, very, very viable. Okay, well, next week's question is, who put the alphabet in order? <gasps> that mm-hmm. episode is going to be out next Monday morning in time for your shower. But in the meantime, keep scrubbing. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.